Thank you today for joining me for this beautiful and important teaching. I am just so glad to be with you today. I mean this with all of my heart. You are my family. You have to understand something. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful to the Lord for you. Your love, your kindness, your generosity is so precious. I pray the Lord will bless you will anoint you, reward you, meet every need in your life, and use you for his glory. I have the greatest partners in the world, you, God's beloved. And today we're going to look at something really important. We're going to look at Luke 21. I want you to see this chapter in a new way, because sometimes when people read Luke 21, they're not sure about, is this past? Is this future? And it's really quite easy to see Luke 21 when you see it and you kind of divide it because the Bible says divide the word rightly so you can understand it better. And that's what we're going to do today. And much more. I have other scriptures to share with you on preparing for the coming of the Lord. Like what do we do to prepare? Dearest Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you with all my heart for what you're gonna show us today. And we cry, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. To you belongs the glory and the honor. Bless your people today with such beauty and such truth and such wisdom in Jesus' name, preparing them for your glorious day, your return. Amen and amen. All right, we've talked about preparation. How do we prepare for the coming of the Lord? <clears throat> I want to continue today by talking about preparation, but also I want to explain Luke 21. I want to show you clearly from this really amazing chapter, uh, clear specifics on what the Lord said in this amazing chapter. And both Matthew 24 and Luke 21 give you the same, give us the same prophecies, but I believe that Luke 21 is uh, very important now that we see how the Holy Spirit in this chapter helps us to divide the times, to see it clearly. So, we begin, let's begin with uh, going back to when they asked, what will be the sign of your coming in verse 7? So the Lord says, like he said in Matthew 24, take heed, there'll be deceptions, many will be deceived, many will come in my name saying I'm Christ and so on. And then he says, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars and, com and commotions, don't be afraid, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom in verse 10, there'll be earthquakes, there'll be famines, there'll be pestilence, there'll be fearful sights in verse 11. But then he says something very important. He said, but before all this, before all this, which means when he spoke this to his apostles, these things were not happening that often. He said, before all this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons 
being brought before kings and rulers and so on for my name's sake. Now that already happened in history for the early, to the early church. And then he says now, you know, settle it in your heart in verse 14. Don't meditate beforehand what you should say because I'm going to give you a mouth and wisdom which all your, your enemies will not be able to resist. And you'll be betrayed by parents, by brothers, by family, by friends. Some of you, they will cause to be put to death. And you'll be hated of all men for my name's sake. So that began happening. It's still happening, of course. But this began happening with the early church. And then he, he, he says something very important that kind of gives us a time of how we fit this part we just read. He said in verse 20, And when you see Jerusalem compassed with armies, surrounded with armies, then know that the desolation is nigh. So that speaks of 70 AD when Jerusalem was surrounded by the Romans and destroyed and the temple burnt and destroyed. Then he says in verse 21, let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, let them which are in the, in the middle of Jerusalem depart out of it. Let not them that are in the country enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance. So the days of vengeance began, not tribulation now. This is totally different. The days of vengeance began in 70 AD. And the Lord was speaking to the people of Israel at the time, not to the world. He says then that all things which written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them which, which are with child, to them that give suck in those days, there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. So he's focusing only on the land of Israel. He's focusing on the Jewish people. Because in 70 AD they were dispersed throughout the world. And for 2,000 years the Jewish people were persecuted terribly, even by many who called themselves Christians. They were killed by the Crusaders, by many of them killed in Eastern Europe. Then the Holocaust happened. And think about the millions of precious lives lost, Jewish lives lost during that 2,000 year period. And then it says in verse 24, and this is key now that we kind of understand this verse. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword. What, what happened here is described that took place in Jerusalem in 70 AD. And then they will be led away captive into all nations. So we know that this has to do with the Jewish people at this time only. And Jerusalem, the Lord focuses on Jerusalem, shall be trodden down of the Gentiles for 2,000 years until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So when was the time of the Gentiles fulfilled? 1967. Because the Lord focused on Jerusalem only at this, in this verse. So between verse 24 and 25 
is a long period of time. Why? Because in verse 25, the Lord says there will be signs on the sun, in the moon, and the stars, upon the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. So between those two verses is a very long period, which I'll talk about and explain in just a moment. But let's talk about verse 24. Israel was restored in 1948. At that time, the Jordanians occupied East Jerusalem and what was known as the West Bank, or as the Bible calls it, Judea Samaria. And then in 1967, the Six-Day War took place. And when the Six-Day War took place, I was 14 years old at the time, living in Israel. It was an amazing victory Israel had that no one believed could have happened, where Israel defeated the Egyptians, the Jordanians, and the Syrians, who were supported by nearly the entire Arab nations at the time. And I still remember we were all looking for the Egyptian Air Force to be over Jaffa and Tel Aviv and bomb the city. And I was one of the kids that dug ditches thinking we're gonna all die. Everybody was getting ready for war. That was 1967, June of 67. And then the, 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 the amazing miracle happened when on radio, and I'll never forget listening with my family, when we heard that uh, Jerusalem was now in the, in the hands of Israel. I will never forget when we were living in Israel before 67, we would go and visit my grandma and my family in Ramallah. My mom is Armenian. By culture, we are Arabs, Christian Arabs. And so we were allowed as Christian people to visit the old city of Jerusalem. Only us, no, no other people could go into what was then Jordan, except Christians at Christmas time. And every Christmas, we would go in for three days, four days max, it depended on the year. And I remember crossing the Mendelbaum Gate between Israel and Jordan at the time in Jerusalem. And we would see my grandma and my uncle Michel and my uncle Albert and my cousins. And oh, it was such a beautiful time. I looked forward to it every year when we would go see our family for Christmas. And my mom had not seen her, her family, uh, except she would see them at, the, at Christmas, but then that's it. And when she married my dad uh, years before, she could not see her family for a long time except once a year, just for a few days. I never forget the joy on her face and all of us when we heard that now we can go be with our family without having to wait for a whole year. And my dad walked in. Now my daddy was not a very religious man at all. And I'll never forget the moment when he said to us kids and my mom sitting there, this was after Jerusalem was in the hands of the Israelis. He said, Jesus now will return. And I was stunned. We were all stunned. 
that my father would say such a thing to us. So my daddy knew enough about the Bible to say that. And this is the verse that he knew. This is the verse that everyone knew. I did not know it then because I was too young. What it says, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. That happened June of 1967. And Jerusalem is still today in the hands of Israel. I've been there many times, as many of you I'm sure have to. So that covers this, this section of Luke. Now let's go to verse 25 and on, and I'll help you understand. There will be signs in the sun, that's all future, in the moon, future, in the stars, and upon the earth, distress of nations, which already has begun, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, meaning weather changes, which are upon us already. And anyone who denies that the weather is changing and climate change is happening is not looking at reality even biblically, because the Bible talks about change in the weather because it says the sea and the waves roaring, meaning it'll be, there'll be an increase of the, of the oceans and the ice melting in the North Pole and the South Pole. Many hearts failing them for fear, men's hearts failing them for fear. Now why, why would people be full of fear? Because creation itself will be in trouble. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken. All that, we are seeing the beginning of it now. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory, the second coming. Now, the Lord goes back and says this in verse 28. He says, now, when you see these things begin to happen, when you see them begin to happen, well, we are the generation that is seeing the beginning of what we just read, that the powers of heaven will be shaken, Man's hearts will, will fail them for fear, and so on. Changes coming to the earth. So what did the Lord say? He said, when you see these things come to pass, look up. So don't be afraid. Lift your eyes. Lift your heads. Your redemption draws an eye. And then he gives them a, again a parable, and he said, behold the fig tree. Now the fig tree is always Israel. Always Israel in the Bible. In the Old Covenant especially. And, but but he, he, he adds one thing that we don't see in Matthew 24. For example, if you go with me quickly to Matthew 24, I hope this is helping you, and verse 32, notice that the Lord mentions one fig tree. He says, learn a parable of the fig tree when his branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves. You know that summer is nigh. So when I look at Matthew 24, 32, it mentions only one tree, one fig tree. But it's very amazing to me that in, in, in Luke 21, he says, not only the fig tree, but all the trees. Now, what does the Lord mean by all the trees? Go back to verse 29 of Luke 21 with me. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. Now, that's an additional piece of information we don't have in Matthew 24, who are all the trees? The nations around Israel. God is not talking here about America and Russia and China. He's talking about the nations around Israel. 
Because after 1948, the nations around Israel also all changed. Why? Because they were under British rule. And they received independence after 1948. Never forget, never forget, the British Empire had, at the time, and the French, had what we, what we know today as the Middle East, the Arab world. And they divided the Middle East between them, where France took Lebanon and Syria, and the British took Transjordan and Palestine and Iraq and Egypt and so on. But then something happened after 1948. Those nations gained their independence. So their trees basically put on new leaves. So Le Lebanon became Lebanon, independent Lebanon, independent Syria. Jordan became Jordan, now with their own flag. And the Egyptians, the same thing. And the entire Arab world now gained independence from the British and the French. That is what the Lord means by the trees. So the fig tree, Israel, puts on new branches in 48. After 48, what do we see? We see those other nations that all at the same time now are gaining independence. And the Lord said something amazing in verse 30. He said, when they now shoot forth, when all those trees are restored, that happened in our lifetime. Israel and the entire Middle East was transformed. When they shoot forth, you, you will see it. And you will know for your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, when you see these things, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. And then the Lord focuses on one generation, not generations. Verily I say unto you, this generation, one generation, will not pass away till everything is fulfilled. And think about all we've seen. In the late 40s, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the things we have today. Think about it was because of the Second World War that the jet engine was invented by the Germans. Think about all the things that were invented as a result of the war, rockets, all that. And then we, 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 we saw the invention of television. Then we saw other inventions. Today we have the iPhone and, and other phones that most of us can't live without anymore. Today all the, the, the whole world has changed. Technology has changed the world medically, scientifically, with agriculture, with you name it. Who thought we, we would see what we're seeing today? And now things are expanding and going so fast with AI and all the things they're talking about now where they're going to mix humanity with the robotic. I mean, it's like mind-boggling. And that's why Jesus said, when I come, will there be faith on the earth? Because people will not need God in the future when it comes to medicine, physical health, and life, and so on and so forth. Because today, technologies are changing all that and more. Think just one thing, just one thing alone. Think today what we see medically. The, the, the amazing medical breakthroughs because of AI and the robotic technology.
that's changing medicine as we as we've known it so here we are and now it's time to understand what the bible says it's time to get ready since we are almost out of time it's time to get ready for the coming of the lord so what did jesus say he said in verse 34 take heed to yourselves because this is something you have to focus on for you now take heed to yourselves pay attention it's your soul that god is talking about lest at any time your heart be overcharged be weighed down with partying surfeiting here it's called living the life as people want to call it which is not a life at all and drunkenness and the cares of this life and so that they come upon you unaware because as a snare will it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth when the rapture happens it's going to be such a shock when millions disappear the Lord wants us all to be ready to be caught up. I don't want you missing the rapture. God does not want you missing the rapture, especially the Lord doesn't want you to miss the rapture. So he's, he's giving us instructions. He's giving us, what do you do? He said, watch, verse 36. Watch means be alert. Don't be blinded. Don't, be, don't, go, don't fall asleep right now. This is not the time to sleep. Watch ye therefore and pray always. The time has come. We can't just pray once a week, twice a week, three times a week. We have to pray daily, continually, constantly. Acknowledging the presence of the Lord throughout our day, every day. Wake up in the morning and say, Dear Jesus, to you belongs the praise and the glory. Acknowledge him when you wake up. Acknowledge him throughout the day. Talk to him. Every decision you make, Make him a part of that decision. Talk to him in the car when you're on your way to work or shopping or with your family or with other people. N don't even close your eyes before you say, dearest Jesus, I commit my soul into your hands. No, you're not alone. You're not alone because he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Acknowledge him. It's important to practice the presence of God today more than ever keep worship music playing in your home even while you're sleeping keep the bible on tape while you're working be immersed with the word of god and think what we have today they, they didn't have that two thousand years ago where they can play worship music they used to sing themselves like paul and silas and so on that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So, First John, let me give you one more scripture. But I'm telling you, saints, I'm sensing, I'm, and I don't know how else to say it, but I'm sensing with all my being. I mean, I've sensed that before, but today it's like you, you look around and you, you can't escape this, this, this knowing the trump is about to sound. We can no longer, no longer ignore the moment we're in. And in verse 28 of 1 John 2, it says, And now, little children, abide in him, 
that when he will appear, you, have, you will have the confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Abide in him. That's the whole message here. There's nothing greater I can tell you on preparation than abiding. Abiding doesn't mean vi- does not mean visiting. You know, he that dwells in the secret place, not he who visits the secret place. He that dwells, he that stays, he's, he that makes the, the, the Psalm 91 his, his, his address. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High will abide under what? The protection of God Almighty. This is when he can say, he's my rock, he's my fortress. In him I trust and no plague can come near me. The Lord becomes your protection. And how we need him today more than ever. So, abiding in the Lord. I want to show you, finally, Hebrews 9, 28. In Hebrews 9, 28, we have this remarkable and powerful command. It says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him, unto them that look for him, shall he appear the second time without sin, unto salvation. This is the greatest the greatest thing you and I can do is looking continually for the coming of the Lord as we are watching, as we are praying. Let's also be looking. Abide and look, and you will not fail. I make you that promise. If you abide in him and look for his coming, You cannot fail. So abide in him that you might have confidence on that glorious day. Wonderful Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray everyone, oh, blessed Lord, everyone will be ready on that day. Everyone will be ready on that glorious day. To you be the glory, to you be the honor, and to you be the praise, sweetest, most wonderful Savior. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining me today. Now it's time to give to the Lord's work. Because giving secures our future financially. Giving gives us that guarantee that when these things happen, we will not lack in our finances, in our life, that our needs will continue to be met and more. Because because the Lord said, look up. Don't be afraid when you see these things come to pass. So the day is, is at hand and there's no greater time to give than today. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 11.2, it says, give a portion of seven also of eight, for thou knowest not what evil will come on the earth. Meaning, when you increase your giving, it really increases protection. When you give, it increases the safety that God will build around you. Nothing can touch the giver. Nothing. And I have not seen one time when the Lord failed me, when when I gave. Even when I had (laughs) needs that 
I don't think anybody else will, 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 will ever have. There was a time we needed, we needed $10 million in a week. Can you imagine that? $10 million in one week in our ministry. And I, and I saw that miracle come miraculously when the Lord said, so a million dollars in Bunky's ministry for Nigeria. And we gave Bunky's ministry a million dollars. And a week later, we had 10 million come in in that week. I was stunned. I never thought I would see it in my lifetime. God declares, if you give, you will receive, guaranteed. Father, in Jesus' name, bless them. Honor them. Increase them on every side, Lord. Those that began with small things, let them have great things and abundance now, as you promised in your word. That they and their families will never lack. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, it's time to give to, to the Lord's work. He promised to bless you, and he will. And you can give on the platform you're watching me on, or you can go to our website, benihin.org, or simply text BHM45777. So I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Have a blessed, blessed day today. Love you much. Bye-bye.